Hello, and welcome to the 32nd episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingwer, and I'm your host. Today I have with me Nicole Dominguez, a senior product designer and front-end developer at Sawhorse Media. Uh, she's working on some cool stuff uh, for Muckrack and the Shorty Awards, and she's also the co-organizer of a meetup group here in New York City called Tech Under 30, and she's also co-teaching the web design co- uh, course at the Startup Institute. Welcome, Nicole. And for the people who don't know who you are, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Thank you for having me. Um, like I said before, I'm a front-end developer and a designer to start up. Um, I've been doing it for about seven years, maybe eight. And I'm from Florida. <laughs> I moved here when I turned 18, and I basically just started working and working myself in the startup world. And ever since, I've been madly in love with all all things startup tech, design, dev, stuff like that. Awesome. So what's your first sort of memory of the web? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I remember AOL CDs, like having, you know, like getting in the mail, and like having your AOL email address and like getting on the web and the dial up. I remember all that stuff. But, you know, from there, it's kind of fuzzy to when I started creating on the web. And that, like, those are some where my real memories are. For sure. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So Um, you talked about your first email address and stuff. And whenever somebody mentions that, I like to ask them if they remember what their first email address was and if they're willing to tell me what it was. I really don't remember. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something awful, I'm sure. Like, super awful. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure it was great at the time, but I think... I remember Hotmail. I remember MSN... I remember definitely AOL. So I feel like they were so archaic back in the day. Now everyone only has a Gmail account. <laughs> For sure. So I'd like to start off by finding out how you sort of went from the AOL CDs and how you got your start uh, in development and on the web. Sure. Um, when I was about probably around 12, um, I was on a site called Neopets. It's an online platform it's like a game so basically you can register for an account and you there's this virtual world and there's virtual currencies and virtual entrepreneurship and you know you can have a pet and so basically on the pets your pets can have pages so that they have a tutorial for html and css like code your own page for your pet so that's where i got first introduced that's where i first got introduced to html and css and from then on out it was like I was a crazy machine. I just wouldn't stop making pages for my pets. And then from there, I would, like, make pages on subdomains of other people about Neopets. And then it went to, like, graphics. And then the graphics went to, like, resources for other, like, little teenage girls. And (laughs) it just kind of grew. Like, then from then, I bought a domain name. And it just massively spiraled. (laughs) Awesome. So... After your Neopets, you know, learning experience, what type of resources did you use to learn uh, on your own? Like, I know you're fully self-taught and stuff like that. So I'm wondering, like, what type of resources did you use to sort of guide your learning? Um, so, like, I never really read books or, like, watched video tutorials on anything. It was more like I had a goal in mind and, you know, I knew I could achieve it with this Thing called a tag and this stuff called CSS. So I just kind of went and did it. And it was a lot of like view source and then 
there were web design blogs um, constantly. There was like, I remember, I don't know if CSS Tricks was that prominent back then, but stuff by the Envato team was always really big, like PSD touch, stuff like that. So I would just Google the end the source of everything and kind of understand like try to understand how other people did what they did then I could replicate it and then from that thing that's kind of how I first started learning about it I mean I still do that to this day it's like yeah. oh can you build me a site that looks like sort of like work that works like so-and-so's and looks like so-and-so's I'm like yeah sure and then I go <laughs> and I view the source and I'm yeah. like oh so that's how they did it this is how I'm gonna do it too so you know Taking all those small bits of information, putting them together, obviously, was probably very difficult. How did you sort of build your confidence uh, to build your first project and to keep pushing forward beyond that? Mm. I don't know if I needed confidence. It was kind of just a thing that, like, I did after school. I was so young. You know, it wasn't... When I... Back then, there was no business around it. There was no, you know... Uh, there were no responsibilities. There weren't. You didn't owe anything to anyone. Uh, you didn't owe anything to your users. It was more like, I made this piece of art, and it happens to be digital. Come look at it, and it, maybe you can learn something too. Um, so that kind of kept me going. It was more like for like self-expression. I remember back in the day, it was, you know, your site was. It looked how you felt that's how quickly things change. Like having a personal site was all about like you and your little blog and little resources you made and all tutorials made for all the other teeny boppers. <laughs> it was like this emotional thing. Like if you were feeling upset, you'd make a new header or you'd change all your CSS and it would be really angry. And then the next day, like, Oh, I'm going to redesign it. I'm going to put like some famous celebrity on it. And it's, it constantly changed. It was more of like, how can I create this art that is reflective of my feelings and myself now. For <laughs> sure. So, uh, you know, web development and web design continuously is changing. You know, if somebody said five years ago that we'd be designing, or six years ago, I guess now, that we'd all be designing for, you know, these touch small devices, you know, and building for them, you know, nobody would nobody would have believed you. But I'm wondering what keeps you sort of motivated as these new technologies comes out to sort of learn them and to adapt your skills to them. Uh, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I find myself, obviously now as a professional that does work with, like, the, so, sorry, just to backtrack. Um, you know, there is a transition from, like, doing personal work and doing client work. For sure. That was really big for me. But so now that I do do lots of client work and I have a job and all, I spend all my days trying to make all of our um, web properties better, I'm really motivated by doing things myself that can improve our products. So so now and before, a lot of the new technologies I learned were because a client needed me to learn them or because I had to learn them to do a better job. Like, even now at work, I really don't like waiting for a developer to do something for me. I'd rather figure it out myself and then maybe guide the developer in you know, using the design I made or something rather than just doing something in a PSD and handing it to them because I take a lot of pride in, like, the markup I write and I feel like I wouldn't want any of it to be butchered or anything. So, for instance, I'm learning Python, I'm learning Django. I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever learn, like, a back-end language. But, like, here I am. (laughs) 
programming in Python, and I really like it. Like, it's really fun to learn new things and then directly translate all the knowledge to your day-to-day. So you, you mentioned earlier in this in the conversation about the transition from, like, the fun stuff and then the client work. How did you, you know, a lot of people are learning web design and web development. How, like, what was it like when you made that transition? Like, did you feel fully prepared? Were you, did somebody come to you and was like, hey, I need a website? And you were like, sure, I could do it. And then you got home and you are like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Or were you, like, out there selling yourself and you finally landed that first client? Um, so I think it's maybe a mix of both. Like, I definitely did have clients early on and it was more almost accidental. Like, I remember I was like 13 and, (laughs) you know, my dad had like a business partner who needed a business card. And I was like, I know how to use Photoshop. I'll make you a business card. And then from then on, it was like, oh, wait, we have to print it. How are we going to print it? And then it was little things like that that forced me to learn more tools of the trade, as you say. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I had confidence in what I was doing, and it was more of like, oh, I know I can build a website, but let me take on the project and then use a new technology I've never used before and learn that while doing this project, but still delivering. Um, so I think it was kind of a mix of both. Awesome. So what, uh, you know, as you were making this transition and as you've grown into your position at, uh, so- at Sawhorse and, you know, elsewhere, what, uh, what type of roadblocks did you hit and how did you overcome them? In my career or? In your career, in web development and learning in general, like how did you overcome those? Sure. Um, a lot of roadblocks have to do with being so young. Um, I'm 20 now, but, you know, when I first moved here, or my first internship here, I was, like, 16 or 17. Oh, my God. And it's, yeah, it was, I have to tell you the story. It's really funny. But, <laughs> yes, you do, because you, know. you, you just made me feel really old, because I'm 26, <laughs> and I feel so young in, like, this industry and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I should be a veteran if I'm 26, and you're 20, and you're saying you're so young. <laughs> it's crazy how horrible a person can treat you just knowing how old you are um so i feel like i definitely experienced a lot of ageism even in just trying to like i remember i had to stop telling clients not that i would tell them on purpose they would come up you like, oh, go i have school i can't call you at you know 12 p.m um <laughs> you know i really in the past like four years had to stop even trying not trying but i would have to pretend or something because it's like to tell someone how old you are, they really don't comprehend that you can have a skill and you can be professional and you can deliver. For sure. For their business. Like, it's like, that just doesn't register at all. So I really had to present myself as something that I wasn't, but not in a fake way and more of like, I have confidence to be this bigger person than I am. So I would have to go and create that. And I think I have to grow up really early. Um, so if, definitely the biggest roadblock what i think is the age thing for sure so as you were like sort of overcoming this and proving yourself you know what what type of advice would you give to somebody who's your age or younger than you and is sort of trying to do the same thing you've done and sort of how would you suggest they navigate that path um confidence for sure goes a really long way i think if i had not 
if I hadn't been doing this for so long, I don't know if I would have the confidence. But thankfully I did. But if regardless, like you can really psych yourself out if you if you put yourself down to think you can't do something when really you can. And you, even if you can't, I I realized that not no one really knows what they're doing. Like <laughs> not one person really truly or I guess not that's not true, but still like in this industry where things are so new and a lot of people are flying by the seat of their pants. Exactly. Yeah. And that took me a long time to learn, but I think for sure confidence and like knowing that you can figure something out and knowing you can do something is just the best thing because then nothing can really hold you back. And if you, if you let yourself, if you let yourself hold yourself back, is that English? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's just, total combative like let a situation or don't let a situation hold you back if you can prevent it and if it's yourself then you're stopping yourself in the very beginning you're not even letting yourself try to reach your potential for sure so for someone fresh to the web like you know if like let's say somebody came to you and was like hey i want to get into this thing called web design and web development where would you suggest they get their start and like what type of path should they navigate um, for sure, I think you have to have a project. Like, I don't, I don't tell my students to read books or watch videos. I tell them to really, like, figure out what your project is and then go ahead and make it happen, even if it's hard. You know, you can teach someone the basics or learn the basics yourself and then realize, okay, this is a document that lives on the internet. I can type in things and the keyboard and things will happen on the page. I think from then on out, it's, there on out, it's really about being passionate about the reason you're learning like if you learn just to learn it's there's it's so hard to continue because yeah the knowledge is great but the satisfaction of completing a project and the energy you get from wanting to see it happen is so worth it awesome so i know that you're teaching uh this cohort at the startup institute Mm -hmm. what uh what type of advice are you giving to your students that you could share with the listeners that could help them get through their own learning, even though they're not in your course? Um, so my students always come to me with questions in the beginning of class. And it's, I think they're learning that even people who've been doing this for years still have to Google it and still have to figure out the hard way how something works because we're not born with the knowledge of, you know, what web design is or what programming is. A lot of it is learning the right things to Google and learning how to figure things out and how to debug. But I think it's invaluable to trust yourself to find the right answer when you're having a problem or you're getting stuck. So I really do try to drive that home. Like, I I give them the answer, but... I help us find the answer together. So eventually they solve their problem, but I really try to show them, oh, look, I'm going to this website because I trust it, but also because I know it'll give you the right answer. And, oh, look, this is where I found it, and then I can apply this to my style sheet or whatever have you. That's excellent advice. So I know you're, you're a very active member of the, communi- of the web community community. Uh, you're teaching, you organize a meetup, you're bi- you're talking all the time on Twitter. <laughs> um, how helpful or 
what tools or people did you sort of rely on as you were learning to sort of help you get along? Like, were there people in the community? Was it Stack Overflow? Was it just Googling? How, you know, what type of things did you use to sort of get the answers to your own questions? A lot of CSS tricks. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not the only one to say that. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, back then, the community was different. There were different people who were more active who now are not so active. But it was like finding communities and like watching them and being a part of them and constantly reading the blogs and reading the updates. And in doing that, you get to learn about people. Um, so I remember like definitely Chris Coyer, definitely um, like the Envato sites. Now, now they're Tuts Plus, but before it was like PSD Tuts and stuff like that. I remember like even Cameron Mole. Um, he was really big for me. Like, I remember, like, like staying up late, like, trying to figure out how he did things on his site. And then one day I met him in person, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so momentous for me because I grew up, like, <laughs> you know, really, like, being glued to the computer, trying, trying to figure out how he did things. Like, I just thought it was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but in all of that, you realize that these are just people just like you. And that, to me, was also mind-blowing just to realize that, like, Chris Player is a, a dude, and he's probably really friendly, and, like, he's not some, like, magical unicorn, you know. Well, like... he's an awesome guy. I've talked <laughs> to him for the show, but I do think he's a magical unicorn as well. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. But, you know, the idea that, like, these are real human beings across, you know, on the other side of the screens really motivated me because I, for a while, I thought that, like, I could never be like that. I can never speak, I can never write a book, I can never do all the things that all these people are doing. And then eventually I realized, no, I could be on the stage one day and I could write a book one day and I could do all these things eventually one day. And it wasn't so hard to achieve. So you've worked on a ton of stuff, uh, professionally, personally, et cetera. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite project? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I know it's like trying to pick a favorite child I would imagine but you gotta yeah. have a favorite to be honest my favorite is always what I'm working on currently um, at work you know at Solaris Media there are just so many new challenges that I see every single day and I really love it like I love excuse me trying to make new things happen that I've never done before and like collaborating with our developers and like you know, being so close to a product and then being able to immediately act on it and iterate is really nice. But also, like, there's so much variety. Like, we do something called the Shorty Awards, which is a, an award show for social media. So all the work we do ends one night. And then, it happen and then it all happens again the next year and the next year. And, you know, it's not a web app where you're constantly, like, have to user tests and change things all the time because it's for this this timeline of events that has to happen and it happens in the real life stage. Like there's, so, so that's variety from our other product called Muckrack, which is this web application for journalists and PR people. And that's, you know, there's more of the decisions we make are more important and they're more serious and they have bigger implications on our users and their workflow. So having like the variety at work, I think is like my favorite thing. That's awesome. So, um, obviously you're still learning and still working and, you know, everything else. 
uh, if you, what are you learning? Like, what are you working on right now to learn something new? Hmm. So we haven't done an Angular project at work yet, but we're starting one. <laughs> and I'm really excited to learn it because I really wanted to do more interactive things with JavaScript and I haven't gotten a chance. So a few weeks ago, I just finished um, like wireframes for all these interactive elements of a new thing that we're building. And I'm really excited to be thrown into the water and learn it the hard way. Very cool. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the result of that, and I'll definitely check it out as soon as it comes out. Um, if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning, and this is this is a question that I ask everybody, but if you could go back to yourself at the very beginning when you were first starting out in your career as a web developer uh, and designer, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. What would I tell myself? I think... I would tell myself to not be afraid of growing because I think, at least for myself, sometimes I would get so intertwined and in really enjoying the things I was doing. I was scared to make a leap and do things that required more faith and more risk. I mean, I did make a lot of risks, but there were more comfortable risks than like let me try to totally learn like a new programming language like for a long time i told myself i can never learn back-end development whereas now i am and it is possible and i totally realize that it is so for sure take more risks <laughs> awesome so uh in the last couple of minutes that we got together what uh, what does the future hold for you? Like, what do you see yourself learning and building and sort of growing in the next year or so? You know, I know that's a long way out, but. Hmm. I'm really enjoying Python and working with it. To be honest, working with a web framework like Django, it's really fantastic. Like, it gives me so much flexibility as a designer. It's just such a great feeling. So I definitely want to learn more about that. But. There is opportunity at my job to really grow with the company and really create like these really amazing products. So I'm definitely excited to continue on that path and just continue to make everything better. <laughs> awesome. So the last question I ask everybody is uh, where can people find you on the internet? And you know, if you have anything to plug, feel free to do it now. Um, on Twitter, I'm so devious. And my website is NicoleDominions.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me today on this episode of How to Hold a Pencil. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, you guys can find some show notes to everything that we talked about at www.howtoholdapencil.com. It was recently redesigned, and I think it's really awesome, um, and rebuilt and everything else. So www.howtoholdapencil.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber. That's R-E-U. B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. And I will speak to you all next week. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you.